communication strategies, and trash. Hey everyone, Stephanie Costello here, mom of three, wife, animal lover, and entrepreneur. My goal with this podcast is to share healthy intimacy skills. If you feel you are the only one struggling, I promise you are not alone. It's time to take action and make shit happen. All right, everybody. I have Amy on board today. Uh, Amy works for, what's the name? Zero Waste Waste. and Recycling. Yes, Zero Waste and Recycling. Um, So we're going to talk about trash today and how we're going to relate trash to interpersonal skills is a very talented, it's going to be a very talented conversation. Um, So fun fact about Amy, actually a couple, born three pounds, two ounces. That is like tiny enough to fit in your palm. That is so awesome how medical can help you and it shows your perseverance. Um, And then she's also aerobic star. What's the third word? Aerobic star search champion. Star search. I wasn't sure if I wrote that. That's awesome. (laughs) Do you have like recordings? I'll have to go back and like Oh, I wish. Yeah. I wish. <laughs> um, so it's just like a famous show, kind of like American Idol for aerobics. Uh, and she was a champion in 2004, which I think is really cool. Um, and so the interpersonal skills we're going to really talk about today and Amy's journey, I value and respect Amy significantly um, in the time that I have gotten to know her and I needed so much help with my growth and every and a lot of my areas of life, particularly business, but it just it leaks into everything else and I have grown personally. So I value your input and I'm looking forward to chatting more. Um, I want to start with the conversation we had previously about interpersonal skills and maybe that project that you did. Um, and the whole reason why we're going to talk about this is for people who are struggling with the stuff that's going on right now. Uh, the goal is to give you the tools to do the work and allow for your intimate lives to be, uh, more connected while you're at home with your partner and spending 16 hours a day with your partner rather than three after work. (laughs) Yeah, that's a big change. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My husband's in retail. So for me, that part has not changed. Mm. But so yeah, so we were talking the other day. It's so funny, no matter what we talk about, we always end up getting into sort of personal stuff and and life and all that. and we were kind of talking about, so even though I am in the trash business and doing business development, my degree is in communication. Mm. And that had three components to it. One of it was rhetoric, which is argumentation, which is always just fun to study in general. Yeah. Um, media and then interpersonal. And that I think was probably the most beneficial part of the major for me because it really taught me how to talk to people and with people Mm. versus just at people. Um, And it actually works in business too, because, you know, when you're, whether you're writing or speaking with clients or customers or, or, you know, whatever they are for you, it's an important skill to be able to meet people where they're at. And so we were talking about the coolest thing has ever happened in college ever. And I'll never forget. It was my sophomore year. Uh, I was in family communication was the name of the class. And we had to write down a communication based, unwanted, repetitive family pattern. 
So, you know, every time I see my father, I say this, and then he says that, and, you know, it goes on the same journey every time. Um, and I think we all have that, whether it's with a sibling or a parent or you know, our spouse or whatever. And so we had to turn in multiple copies of our pattern. Our name was not on it, so it was all good. And then throughout the semester, we studied different, um, you know, modes of, of dealing with the pattern. So, you know, all these different philosophers or whatever had different approaches to it. And so every time we did one, we would get someone's pattern and we would have to analyze their pattern and, and offer approaches to it based on that mode. And we would have to turn in two copies of the paper every time, one to receive back and get a grade. And then the other would go to the person whose pattern you were analyzing. So at the end of the semester, you got back, I think we probably studied four different approaches to it. Uh, at the end of the semester, you had these various points of view on how to stop this very real situation going on in your life. And I just thought it was the coolest project. I mean, gosh, I graduated from college many years ago. We'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> and this was my sophomore year. And it's still probably the most memorable thing Hmm. I ever did in education. It was the coolest thing. And, and and it actually really helped. Yes. And and it is applicable to everything, to a child, to a sibling, to a parent. And that's what I often talk about in the podcast. I, you know, I love to talk about sexual health, but I recognize that not everybody wants to talk about sexual health and they they need other skills before they can get to that conversation. And this is like the basic of the basic for those skills. If you have a partner in your life that you're not um, communicating with effectively or you're stating your want and your partner is ignoring it or telling you like, no, I don't want that, that's not an option. It's not an option for one partner to get what they want and the other to not get what they want and vice versa. Um, it's compromising is really, really important. And when you're having a conversation with somebody who's not compromising and not willing to change their perspective or what I also say is like color in their painting a little bit um, or change their painting and what it looks like in their head, um, that's just not, it's not okay. Um, and so it, it, when you're approaching these conversations and you communicate and you can give whatever example you'd like to val validate, um, what I'm saying, but there was a very specific one you stated where you said you had to learn to re how to react to the person. Cause you knew the person wasn't going to react differently to you and that, and sometimes maybe they will eventually, but at that point in time, you're trying to make some growth and that person wasn't ready to make growth. And that's a very important time to recognize that just because they're not growing doesn't mean you don't have to grow. Yeah. I mean, I think the problem, the, the reason these patterns exist is because we're both always doing the same thing. I can't change the other person's approach. So if I want the conversation to go in a different direction, I have to do something differently. So the first, one of the first times I did it in practice and knowingly was actually with my dad. Um, and it was, he's the only person, he and I are very, very similar. He's the only person I ever cared about. <laughs> like I would fight with, I, we, he's the only person I've ever screamed at because we are exactly the same. He would get so mad at me for, you know, for example, finishing his sentences when we're in a disagreement, even though he would finish mine, like we're exactly the same. And 
And I just realized one day that I didn't want that anymore. I did not want that to be happening anymore. And so um, I, I realized I needed to stop feeding the beast, right? I needed the conversation to go a different way. And so even though I don't know where the different response is going to go, I know that it won't be different if I go the same way every time. So we were the, we were having this situation where he, my, my father, when uh, I was a kid was always heavy and he's a big guy Hmm. and I was never a thin girl. Um, and so, but when I was a senior in high school, my dad thought he had a heart attack. He Hmm. didn't thank goodness. Uh, but he went to the hospital because he thought he was having a heart attack and he was very overweight and smoked like a chimney. So the doctor basically said, you know, you didn't have a heart attack, but you, sh- you could have, you should have, and you're gonna. So literally that day he quit smoking and went on a diet wow. and lost a ton of weight. And I apologize if you can hear the dog totally in the background, cool. Don't worry about <laughs> um, went on a diet and quit smoking same time, lost a ton of weight. And after that, he became keenly aware of my weight and uh, my struggles with weight. Yeah. Uh, so then I went into college and it was like, every time we would talk, it would be, so how's the diet going? How's your weight going? Have you gained yeah. any weight? Da, 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 da. And we would end up fighting about it because that's something, number one, it's if you're struggling with your weight and you're not having the success you want, it's not something you really want to talk about at right. the moment. Right. And so that's what our pattern would be. We would get into this every time and I would tell him, you know, basically, don't worry about it. I'm fine. Leave me alone. Um, and then he would, you know, chime back in that it's just because he loves me and he wants me to be happy and it would just be this thing. And it's all we ever talked about. Mm-hmm. And I got sick of it because it was making me not want to talk to him, which is not where I wanted to be. And so one day I just responded differently. I, I rather than, um, you know, kind of going back at him for asking. I basically said, you know, something to the effect of, you know, thanks so much for checking in on me. I'm doing pretty good right now. And I changed, then I asked another question and went on a different conversation, Mm. you know, so sort of accepting his, his offering that it was coming from a place of love. Yeah. But then also steering the conversation another way because I wasn't going to feed the beast and it didn't turn into a fight and it was the coolest thing because right. he got to express, you know, he wasn't coming from a bad place. It so sounds like a little bit of, of fear and yeah. he's definitely coming from a fear-based perspective of like, holy shit, my life just flashed in front of my eyes and I don't want to, I've reflected this, you know, behavior or whatever on my child and it's a parenting thing for sure. Yeah. Um, but also that it, it, it's a different love language in a sense or a different mm-hmm. style, like a style of communication and different interpersonal communication skills. Um, and so when it's, it, I just love the fact that when you do it, you do it so smoothly and so respectfully that like the person didn't know what was coming when you do it. <laughs> so it's just like, thank you, but no, but it's like not, but no, in a negative way. It's just like, I'm all set right now. How are you doing? Or yeah. whatever. So yeah, because I think if you're gonna switch the switch the conversation, mm-hmm. you have to be very careful not to sound dismissive mm-hmm. because that's not what it's about. Right. You know, we all communicate differently. Mm-hmm. And I think compromise, number one, I think we're in a society right now where for some reason there's a lot of language out there that makes it sound like compromising is 
giving up or conceding, which really it isn't. I think right. compromise is is the biggest sign of respect to someone mm-hmm. if you're willing to con- to to compromise with them and meet in the middle. Um, but if you're if you just kind of sound like you're trying to shut someone down, it's going to create a whole other problem. Right. You know, and that's, the, uh, tends to be, I'm very, uh, black and white. So it's just <laughs> like, no, that's not happening. <laughs> and people don't like that because it kind of takes their power away, but I'm not intentionally taking their power away. I just am very firm in, in my beliefs. Um, but not like, uh, I don't want to bring politics into it, but I don't have like <laughs> firm politic beliefs. Like I, I take what I like, even religion, I take what I like out of each one and make it my own. Um, and so I rec- I have to recognize that not everybody's fluid like that. And, and mm-hmm. so um, for an example, I wanted to bring up to when you were talking, it was like the in a, a parents right now are really struggling with this interpersonal communication skills because they never had to work in the same house with each other, parent the same. And then even this morning when I woke up, I was very tired, but, um, you know, the blocks that the kids played with yesterday, there was like little ones all over the place. And there's two bags with two different styles of blocks and they were mixed up. And that just <laughs> sends my OCD through the roof. And I hate finding little pieces everywhere. Um, I could have rampage. I was slightly rampaging through the house, but I wasn't screaming. I wasn't yelling. I was frustrated with my husband and nitpicking and all the little things that, but it's like, I didn't get any sleep. So I clearly don't have the skills right now to be healthy with my communication. So bite my tongue and zip my mouth. Um, and he wasn't engaging me. So there was no need had he, and he knows not to engage me in that <laughs> time frame. Um, but now he's home with the kids while I'm doing this, right? And so if the kids were to come barging in, it's like I set a boundary earlier. I requested for this to happen. And so when you communicate back and forth, and if I didn't have this and it was something else, we would compromise on it, you know? And like he went to work this morning and I was like, you need to be home by 1230 so I can jump on my calls. And it was like, we made it work just by compromising. And I have this to get done. You have that to get done. When is this going to get done? Um, I'm more talking about structure than the interpersonal communication, but within that structure is the compromise and the interpersonal communication. And when you have someone who isn't willing to do that, so uh, maybe we should go down that path. Um, If you have, say you have a partner who is not willing to compromise and is putting all of the extra work on the partner who also has the same amount of work to do. So say it's like two parents who are usually working eight hours a day. So now you're not working eight hours a day and your kids are home eight hours a day. So the house is trashed, the laundry's piling up, the dishes are piling up because you're not used to feeding a family three meals a day. So you have to do dishes three times a day now, um, all that stuff. So what would you say in that moment when those people who are not used to doing all this extra work in the home because society takes care of their family until they come back home. How can you, what, some t- what are some tips for interpersonal communication skills in that time? Well, like, again, you can only, you can only monitor your own right. behavior, right? So if I'm the person that's trying to make sure either the situation doesn't go left mm. or if it's been going left and I'm trying to bring it back to center, mm. you know, all I can do is change my approach, which is, in, and, and it's so funny because it's not during this, this Corona thing, but 
<laughs> I've, I've had to learn that not everything in my brain has to come out of my mouth with respect <laughs> to my husband. And the first time I subconsciously stopped myself from saying the thought that was in my head, um, I stopped and then I, I did not say the thing that was in my brain. Mm. And then I thought to myself, we were engaged at the time. We were not married. And I thought to myself, wow, I can, this is the guy you're supposed to marry because you care enough about him oh. to not just say this. And, and it was the dumbest thing. We, we lived in a small condo at the time. It was technically my condo. He mm. lived with me and he had just cleaned my kitchen. Now we lived together, but I mean, technically it's my kitchen and, and I'd be willing to bet. I don't remember for sure, but I'd be willing to bet that my butt was on the couch watching television while he cleaned my kitchen. <laughs> yeah. I went into the kitchen to get something and I noticed a cup, his cup in the sink. And the thought in my head was, what the heck? You just cleaned the whole stupid kitchen and you couldn't open the dumb dishwasher and put the cup in it. Mm. Now, Every relationship in my life prior to that, I would have then turned to said person mm. and said those, but with much more colorful language. Right. And I, and I stopped myself and I thought in my head, he did just clean the whole kitchen while you watch television. Maybe you could just put the cup in the dishwasher and close your mouth. Mm. And I did. And then I thought to myself, wow, like you, you chose not to try to belittle him or make him feel bad or be rude. Mm. And I think in those moments, that's what we have to do. So, you know, if, if the kitchen is a mess and everybody's kind of on edge because we're together a lot more and things are crazy, I think you can just, you can stop yourself for a second and maybe just say, you know, I know things are, are, are crazy right now and our schedules are blown up. The piled up dishes drive me insane. Is there a way we can either try to stay on top of this or maybe you could entertain the kids for 20 minutes so I can get them cleaned up or, or vice versa? Mm. I think it's just, an, I think it's more about how we say things to each other, right? you know, and, and explaining the why. It's so funny because it's, you know, if we tell people why we need something, I think it, it goes a lot um, further. It does. Especially if somebody actually cares about us. Right. You know, like and this drives me insane. Can you help me? Right. And also changing that picture. So basically what you did there with the cup, instead of allowing your thoughts to go to a place and bring your emotions to that place, you stopped and you took your thoughts to a different place, which then dragged your emotions to a different place. Right. Yeah. So yeah. this morning, um, trash and laundry and a few other little things that I'm working a lot. And I, my big thing is, okay, the kid's room, the kid's room does never get properly cleaned unless I do it. <laughs> and I get very frustrated with it because I know my childhood was not a good one. Um, so dirtiness, it just stresses me out. Like my kids have to have like everything organized and and also a sleeping environment. When you sleep in a messy environment, your brain doesn't process things effectively and you, you have a hard time falling asleep because you're so distracted. And um, so I could have rampaged about the room. And 
I just recognized in myself like, okay, you had maybe three hours of sleep. You need to not exert this emotion. You do love this human, you know, and there's a lot of healing that's going on behind. And when you recognize the healing, you recognize the different path, like your feelings of frustration, like it's not fair that I'm the only one that cleans the room. And I've vocalized that in a time that's appropriate when I'm right. not tireless and sleepless and um, angry. It's like when you're in what I call the red zone, you need to wait to have those conversations until you get into the green zone. Thousand percent. Yeah. And I think too, uh, re- realizing too that again, in, in, for us, in our relationship, I've had to realize that there are things that matter to me. Mm. Like, shutting off lights. It drives me batty. I have screamed at my husband in silence when he's in the other room more times than I can admit, because I mean, he just, he, I think if I offered him a million dollars, he still would not shut off lights when he leaves the room. He can't do it. He's 46 years old. It's not going to change. It drives me insane. And I used to, um, you got to shut off the lights. You got to shut off the lights. You got to shut off the lights. And I could hear, like, he would just get so annoyed with me. Now, who's right in this situation? Of course I am. <laughs> Leaving lights on costs money. It's bad does. for the environment. Yeah. I am right. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Right. He is 46. If he has not shut off a light by now, it's not mm-hmm. happening. Exactly. So I just shut off the lights. Yeah. And, and not because he gets his way or right. what I need isn't important. It's because I've just, you know, I married this person for who he is. Mm -hmm. And I have to realize that there are things that I do that are his light switch. Right. I don't know what they are because he doesn't tell me. (laughs) Probably the clumps of hair in the, in the shower. (laughs) Probably drive him insane. Right. The stuff like that, that I couldn't care less about. Mm. And so realizing that me not making him shut off the lights and me taking ownership of shutting off the lights, even though he turned them on is not, is not me giving in to him. Mm-mm. I think it's how we define it. It's just accepting that there are things that I do that probably drive him crazy and vice versa. Right. And it's okay. It so is. if you are the only one that cleans the room, that's actually okay too. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted the kids should be doing it, yeah. but that's, you know, that's something you work on. Right. But because there's probably something that he does that in his mind, he's thinking it's not fair that I'm the only one that does this. Mm. You know, we all have, we all have that thing. I light switch, like you said. Yeah. Um, I do. I remembered we, t- we I did mention the trash in the beginning. So I want to <laughs> come back to that because yeah. all of it really, um, not just your personal experience, but your with life, but business wise as well, your interpersonal communication skills have, as you were mentioning before, really grown, um, in business and talking about trash versus like, just like talking about sexual health. Like how do you bring that up in conversation? You, it's right. a really hard thing to bring up, um, and to talk to people about. And when they're like, you know, can I talk to you about your trash? They're, they're kind of looking at you like, why do you want to know about my trash? You know? <laughs> And nobody cares <laughs> that, but well, sexual health, like when, uh, I bring up, uh, you know, the vagina or the penis or the vulva, whatever part you want to talk about, people are like, Oh, 
and they have like their own images in their heads. I do it to myself all the time at parties where I'll say something and people will, um, the whole crowd will start laughing and I'm like, I don't understand why everybody's laughing right now. And then I'll realize what it's like some sexual innuendo that I didn't intend at all. <laughs> and it's like put in my face all the time. Um, but so not being able, so real in relation to personal, also professional, like when you struggle with bringing something up, um, and, and talking about like trash. And again, she works for zero waste, just zero waste. It's not management or anything. Zero waste to recycling. Recycling. There we go. I was like, I thought it was a little bit more than that. Um, and you, we were located and you are located in New England or is it just New Hampshire? just New Hampshire, uh, sort of the center part of the state. Yes. Perfect. Um, and so when we're talking about like approaching other businesses about trash, like how do you, have you figured out how to have that conversation yet? <sighs> it's so, it's hard mostly because it's funny. It's not even so much the topic of trash. Mm. It's the mindset around not wanting to interrupt people or annoy people. Um, when I'm approaching them in their business day. You know, we've, cause, because I think because we've all been approached by annoying salespeople at some point, whether it's professionally or personally, I have this block against being that annoying salesperson. So to walk into someone's business and, and literally just out of the blue, be like, hi, do you want to talk about your dumpster needs? Right. Like it's, it's, it's more about making, putting them in a situation where they then either have to welcome me in when they don't want to, or force them to push me away, which they yeah. may or may not enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, that's the challenge that I've been working on. And am I a hundred percent there? No. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> you know, I think we're all, we're all works in progress. You're not a salesperson by any means, even though you work technically in sales. I, you, I could talk to you all day long and I would buy your trash cans just to have it <laughs> home if I could. Like, it's literally, that's how much I enjoy chatting with you. And I think you're hitting on a very interesting perspective because in work, it's like, oh, I don't want to bring up this quote unquote inconvenient like topic. But at home, it's like, this light switch is really inconvenient for me. And we're... Yeah we're stopping ourselves from bringing it up. So it's interesting in the different dynamics and at work professional versus personal versus sports or whatever environment we're in and how we communicate in our different comfort levels. Yeah. Um, I have started, I have started working towards it. I, I have cold emailed, yes. which is, you know, baby steps, but you know, it's, it's like a microcosm, right? It's, it's a small picture of the same, like you said, you can kind of put it anywhere. We all have this, this, Thing that stops us from from doing what we want to do, mm-hmm. um, and just having to reframe it so that we give ourselves permission to try. Right. You know, my husband's just like, you just have to do it once successfully, and you'll be fine. <laughs> and I'm like, very true. Yeah, my snarkiness <laughs> would be like, you just have to successfully one shut off the lights. <laughs> right. Well, my new thing with the lights. Tell you since he's you know not here right now. Yeah. Is I will say, oh, you know, he will have gone upstairs to do something. He'll come back downstairs, you know, sit down and turn on the television. So he's down. And I'll say, Oh, are you all done upstairs? <laughs> and then I'll, and he'll say yes, and I'll click off the light. That's yeah. sort of my way of just kind of being like, the light's still on. Right. Politely. But yeah, but he, you know, he's not gonna shut it off. And right. sometimes he's like, I thought I shut that light off. Mm-hmm. I, you did 
I thought I got the hair out of the shower too. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Um, Well, I want to say thank you for doing this with me. There's, I think there's a lot of really great uh, information for anybody who is um, interested and willing to do the work. Um, I'm more than happy to have more of an intense conversation. And if you have any trash needs, Amy is your girl. (laughs) If you have a restaurant (laughs) or whatever else, um, she takes very good care um, of her people. As you can tell, she actually cares about you as a human, not just about your business. Um, So thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. It was fun. Um, Bye, everybody. Bye.